Just stepping back in time a little bit, just for a little interlude. Um, were were you involved in the two big down on the beach Fat Boy Slim gigs? I not on the first one because I was in 
I was uh, I was booked to play somewhere. Um, I did the second one, which was right. the ridiculous one. Can you so, just give us a quick few minutes on that? Just yeah. tell just because I missed it, but I've got friends that were there. Yeah, and they you know they sort of tell stories. They're, you basically couldn't buy any alcohol in a radius because like the shops were stripped. Yeah, bare yeah. of anything. Yeah, just because everyone descended on Brighton to yeah. party. And so, yeah. Can you paint that picture for me? Yeah, well, what what happened was we had we had just got back from we had done a tour in Japan for the World Cup, and we knew it was sort of being planned, but we were sort of away, so things were already a bit sort of nuts and sort of a bit crazy. And then when we we got back and um, the it, the weather wasn't particularly good, and there was sort of the council have been saying, right, you're not allowed to mention this. You can't advertise this, sort of deliberately go out and advertise yeah. this because we're a bit worried. Um, they had, I think, 90,000 was their sort of mark and then the contingency was 110,000. Right, okay. So that's where they were. And then just before um, so the week before I think the Friday Norman went on Chris Moyle's show or something like that <laughs> and Chris Moyle said so I hear you're having a party and it was like oh oh we shouldn't but yes we're doing this and it's free and yeah and then it turned out to be the first nice weekend of the year yeah and suddenly the weekend suddenly it went really sunny and so we, I remember on the Saturday morning and we were sort of looking that we were on top of the um, uh, Brighton Centre yeah, on the sort of roof there. And we were looking down and, and Andy Mack, who worked with us, said, um, I think there's already more than last year. And we sort of started going, yeah, it did. Uh, um, and then we started sort of hearing little bits and pieces of, you know, like Victoria Station was, you know, people queuing outside yeah, and yeah. things like this and all these little sort of bits and pieces. And then, yeah, so by the time I I went on first um, and they reckoned there was about 200,000. Wow. So the contingency thing had just yeah, been yeah. you know blown out the water completely and so yeah they reckoned it was quarter of a million um so i went on um and yeah just still hearing stories of people were parking in hassocks or you know the the, the um yeah the roads were sort of people just jump, dumping their cars and things yeah. like that uh so yeah so i went on i sort of did my hour which went fine I'd never rehearsed a set so much but it was sort of quite good and then um, and then I had MDMA for the first time afterwards um, <laughs> save it save it for an appropriate time <laughs> I, I didn't realise and so um, and, and, and of course I had no idea of how how to sort of dose it or anything like yeah. that. So I, so John Digweed went on after me. So right. I was away with the, with the fairies <laughs> and having a great time. Yeah, and, I bet. Um, and you're just sort of looking, and you, 
all you could see was sort of, you know weren't quite sure what was going on a mile down the road yeah um uh, I remember Chris Cunningham, the director, was uh, he was doing one of the ca- he had one of the cameras because they were filming yeah. it all, and there was one point where a, a girl had to be pulled out, and she was in sort of a bit of a state, and everyone was a bit concerned, and he was just there, sort of with this grim sort of like filming her. I remember that quite clearly. I remember, and it was the first time I met Dave and Steph, um, uh, Solwax. Okay. Um, too many DJs. Yeah. And they were with Errol, and Errol and Dave and Steph were playing at the Concord, which was sort of an after party. Yeah. Uh, that night, and so yeah, and I, I, uh, and I met them in the sort of in the backstage bit, and I let them have some of my rider, which was some food, and what it, it was a baguette, <laughs> and I had this thing of like, I always think that should have been. We should have stopped after that. That right. was the perfect sort of end for Big Beat. Yeah. And I, we passed the baguette on to the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. generation, which yeah. was too many DJs, Errol, yeah, yeah. Electric Clash. It was, you know, and that was the... Th- I, maybe I'm overthinking that, but that was cause of kind of one of the things I thought... And so, yeah, so then rest of the night was great. You know, we were sort of hearing slight horror stories, but not, they weren't really going in. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next day and the Monday, and then there was the story of someone had died and there was yeah. possibly two people had died. Um, we went into, we were in Middle Street at the, then, our office, and uh, we were in a courtyard and we sort of went in on the Monday morning and people who lived in the courtyard and we're going hi i hope it wasn't too much trouble and they just said we we spent all of saturday just stopping people shitting on our doorstep oh. and you're like all right okay and then i had to do an interview on um itv local itv news right. and uh i was sort of on the beach and fred dynage fred dynage the fred dynage I was put through to him and he sort of said, oh, hi, you know, we're just going to sort of do a quick chat through the thing, you know, it'll be nothing, it'll be fine. I say, okay, great. And then you can hear there's a sort of a break going on or something. And um, I sort of, just before they were coming back to me, I sort of looked round and I realised that they had put me in front of a huge pile of rubbish, like a huge pile of rubbish. And then it was like, I think I'm being trapped here. And then he said, right, Damien Harris, um, so two people dead, the beach is out of use for 10 years. What do you have to say? Was it all worth it for a party? And I was like, oh my God. And um, yeah. And the stench of piss just sort of uh, like everywhere in Brighton. So that was, though. it was a sort of tricky few days. Yeah. And then... Did that take the sort of sheen off off what should have been, like, you know, an amazing thing? Not really. No. You know, it was... It was. I mean, that was the thing. It was a... I remember going to the... Um, the... Um, 
news agents on uh, right near our office. And I was sort of waiting, and this the bloke was sort of saying, "Oh God, yeah, it was terrible. It was, you know, we kept hearing these horror stories and things like that." Yeah. And then, um, and then I got there and says, "So, oh, it was a nightmare." Says, "And did you sell out of alcohol?" And he goes, "Yeah, we sold out by twelve o'clock." And that was his. That's what he was so angry about. Yeah. That's what he was so annoyed about because no one was prepared for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was it was a tricky couple of weeks, okay. and the, yeah, it did take a while for the smell of urine to leave Brighton. Um, but you know, the girl who's um, so the girl who died, who who had fallen over the edge of the promenade, right? And her parents got in touch with Norman and said, you know, she had texted saying how she'd had such a great day. So yeah. you know, those that was very difficult.